Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight. So, at the rink this morning for the Oilers practice, and our friend Bob Stoffer, you you know who he is, he hosts Oilers now from noon to two every day, comes on this show usually once a week, sometimes every second week, depending on uh, the Oilers' travel schedule. But uh, he's he's always been a big supporter of mine, I can tell you that. I was like, Bob, come on the show tonight. He's like, okay, what time? I was like, I don't know, 6.37? He's like, well, why don't we wait till after the Bears game? And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea, 8.05. Bob's like, okay, call me then. So, of course, Bob, we bring you on in the middle of the Golden Bears game, given developments from the University Cup earlier today. Man, four overtimes. Yeah, I didn't think, I didn't think anybody was going to score a read. Uh, I watched uh, basically the last half of that game, and uh, it wasn't pretty. So... Uh, goaltending was good. That's not a surprise. Jordan Cook, who played for the Kelowna Rockets in the WHL, pretty good goaltender and a difference maker, no question, for the Saskatchewan Huskies this year. And The, the game was evenly played between the two teams, and in the end, uh, the Huskies, the conference champions, who swept the Bears in two straight in Saskatoon and had a lot of young players come in with maybe not the emotional baggage of some of the past Huskies teams. Uh, you know, Jordan Cook was uh, the star for they needed, and they got the victory, and so now we're just starting the second period between Alberta and Santa Fe out in Halifax. And the Bears are up 2 nothing, and I can tell you that the winner of this game will not play tomorrow. There will be two other quarterfinals, including one involving number one ranked UQTR. The Edmonton start time for the semifinal that might include the Golden Bears, it will if they win, is 9 a.m. on Saturday, and it's on Sportsnet 360. So if the Bears preserve this lead in advance, Bob, we can, uh, uh, we'll all get up, go for a run, come home and watch the first two periods of the game, and then go to Oilers practice. I hope that is what happens on Saturday. Well, uh, yeah, we'll see if uh, I end up making it over to Lenar for Oilers practice on that Saturday. Bears got a lot of work to do between now and then, Reed. they got to make sure they, uh, they keep uh, bringing it against uh, St. FX, uh not a very good penalty late in the first period to Jaden Hart, who went to the New York Rangers camp. Uh, I know they looked at him potentially agreed to an AHL, ECHL deal. He liked to come back to school, get a good start with the Bears, but a slow sort of middle uh, middle part of the season. And he took a penalty late that uh, gave X a little bit of momentum. But, uh, you know, they'd, they'd end up playing. Now, would they play Saskatchewan? Is that who they'd end up playing? Yes, they're on the same side of the draw as Saskatchewan. And when we talked about that Friday, that, that we didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, Saint FX just scored. Oh well, your computer is quicker than mine, and that's why you don't take stupid penalties. You see, this is, this is, and this has been the modus operandi for this team all year long. Reed is that the Golden Bears can get up in games, but they don't lock it down, and that's the difference between Ian Herbert's teams last year. A little bit more talent last year; they could run away from you a bit, and uh, 
you know, t- again, you're up 2 nothing. You got puck possession in the opposition zone in the last minute of play, and you put yourself in a position where, you know, the player's off balance. You finish a hit on them, and in CIS hockey, they're going to call that all day long. So power play goal for X. The Bears had a power play earlier in the game, weren't very good on it. But uh, Alberta does still lead 2-1. But they got a, you know what, they had a real good first period with the exceptional final minute, and now X has not done a lot, is suddenly have their lead. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one. If, uh, of course, if you are looking for it at home, just Google uh, CIS TV and then follow the links. You can watch it for free. Usually during the Canada West, you got to pay a little bit for uh, for a game, but this is all free. And then, as I mentioned, the semifinals and the final on the weekend on Sportsnet 360. We got an uh, Oilers game Friday and Sunday to close up the homestand. I, when I had Todd McClellan earlier, I asked him about uh, goaltending. He said the schedule they laid out with 15 games left in the season calls for Talbot tomorrow and Brassois on Sunday. Of course, always subject to change, but that's what we're looking at right now. I asked McClellan a, a question about failure because, you know, there's the Sharks team he was with, Bob, were often called failures. Certainly, I mean, you have to call it a choke the year they were up 3 nothing against the LA Kings. When I interviewed him in May when he was hired, he said, I don't look at my time on San Jose as failing. He said, I think we lost to other really good teams, and, and we were a really good team that maybe just didn't peak at the right time of the season. I said, this year you're going to finish 20-something in the NHL. And he said, look, it's a failure and a disappointment in the standings, but i got to look at the successes and he says, we have created a foundation and we have integrated a tremendous young leader into the league like Connor McDavid. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I see it a little bit differently. You were gifted Connor McDavid in the draft. We all knew how good he was going to be. And, uh, you know, he's lived up to that. And, and so, you know, I, I, I do think there have been some pleasant surprises this year. For me, Brandon Davis has been a pleasant surprise. I just wish he hadn't been hurt. And, uh, you know, uh, Darnell Nurse playing probably ahead of time has been a bit of a surprise. And, oh, man, who missed that chance? <laughs> was, <laughs> was that correct? I am a little bit that? ahead of you, yeah. <laughs> well, you let me know when they score because okay. uh, they're all over them and they can't get the third goal and they need to get the third one. I, you know what? I, 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 Connor McDavid's doing what I expected him to do. I mean, he's just that good of a player. And so if you're, uh, if, if you're Todd McFall, I'll take Todd at his word that, you know, and I think we're looking – it's funny how many fans think that, well, you know, Taylor Hall's nose is going to be out of his joint if Connor McDavid's the captain. I don't think Taylor Hall cares. I think Taylor Hall cares about one thing, helping this thing get turned around for Edmonton and the Oilers becoming a winning uh, a winning team. Because I think that Taylor Hall was a winner when he played in Windsor, and he didn't have to wear the C there. In fact, they had a guy named Harry Young wearing it at one point. So, um you know, interesting comments, but by Todd, I guess we all look to different things. And, and for me, I, I look at the development of some of the young defensemen that can hopefully maybe change the outlook carrying forward for what Peter Shirelli does. The other part that might change that outlook, Reed, is uh, he's the potential of expansion. And we need to know about that as soon as possible because maybe you're only picking up one defenseman instead of two in the off season if you're only going to be able to keep three once we get to expansion. Well, that's a good point, and they'd also have to iron out, at least the last I saw, is they that they don't know if players with no movement clause clauses would be eligible for the right. expansion draft, and that I mean that could really change. I mean, Secker is an obvious example, right? Yeah. So you know, uh, anyhow, uh, you know, it's it's one of those scenarios for the Edmonton Oilers where they, you know, this. Make no mistake, this has been a, a, a bad, it's been a bad season, an underwhelming season. Nobody expected the team to be this bad. There have been individual success stories. 
there needs to be a reevaluate. Re like the scheduling has to be reevaluated for the hockey club. You can't have six separate times coming back from road trips and having one home game and then departing back on the road. It sucks the life and the energy out of your team, especially when you're traveling in in uh, in Edmonton. I mean, Edmonton's travel might be second only to Vancouver or San Jose in a given year, and maybe sometimes Dallas, depending upon how how challenged it is. So, I think the Oilers. You know, they got to reevaluate how they do that. They got to reevaluate when they take the uh, CBA mandated days off. And I'm sure Todd's going to sit down with the staff. I mean, the power play going four for what four for six last night was a pleasant story. It went from 27th to 20th. The Oilers have to uh, figure out, you know, why wasn't the power play better all year long? It should have been better than it was. And so there's there's lots of things that have conspired. And why do why do they have so many injuries? That's another thing. Now, is it partially a compressed schedule? which their schedule is compressed. I mean, three games in the final 13 days. Is it because they have younger players? Well, younger players get hurt more. All of these things need to be reevaluated so the Oilers can reassess and put together a better plan carrying forward, not to mention just the personnel on the team that is inevitably going to change a bit. All right. This is just a bad idea to do this during a Bears game, wasn't it? <laughs> well, my daughter came in during the middle of the interview looking for one of her kids. So, oh, my I, God. I know. I, I'm like, look, I'm doing an interview with three. These are important things. But uh, why has there been another goal? Uh, no, just you sounded distracted. But yeah, you know, kittens. Uh, but you're not a big kitten guy. No, well, I, I don't mind cats. I like animals. In fact, in many respects, I often like animals more than people. Uh, <laughs> I, I will tell you, Reed, that my hardest, uh, my, my most disappointing loss as a broadcaster occurred at the the CIS level, and part of the reason why is the Oilers haven't made the playoffs since I've done their games. I mean, if I had been Rod Phillips watching the Oilers lose Game 7 at home in 1986, that would have been a crushing defeat, or Game 7, sorry, Game 7 against the Flames in 86, or Game 7 against the Kings back in 1981. Those were hard losses. You know, I'm sure those would have been incredibly brutal losses, but the, the Golden Bears lost in 04 uh, in a year in which they were undefeated uh, to UNB 6-5 remains. I did that game with Dean Millard. Fans were swearing at us in the stands. Uh, you know, it was a very distracting, uh, emotional night. Blair St. Martin got into it with the uh, UNB captain in the face-off, and they were doing a little bit of stick jostling and that sort of stuff. It was a hard, hard night, and it was a hot night, mm. and it was tough to deal with. And it took me half a year to get over that loss. That's how bad it was. And, of course, the Bears would win the next two championships. So had they been able to, you know, get the win there, and beat UNB, they might have won the University Cup. In fact, that was the year Santa won their only CIS championship. Mm-hmm. All right, back in those real four. All right, it's it, we're 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 both slightly uh, distracted, so I'm <laughs> I'm watching the game too. I'm going to see you at the rink tomorrow. Thanks for making time for me tonight. It's unfortunate we didn't have a a Bears post game interview, but we'll yeah. do that on Oilers now tomorrow. All right, have fun, Reed. We'll have you on tomorrow. Take care, man. Okay, Bye. thanks, Bob. That's Bob checking in. He'll have Oilers now from uh, noon to two tomorrow here on six thirty, Chet and. I uh, I just hope the Stoffer kitten turns up. That could be a hashtag on Twitter. It's the Stoffer kitten. You know, deep down, Bob is really a, a big kitten. And he also likes Tawny Catan. Here we go again on our own into a commercial break. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad. What's going on, Panashik? Oh, my YouTube screwed up. I screwed up YouTube. <laughs> that was a little uh, anticlimactic. I what know. What happened? Just uh, the tape player got jammed. 
The eight track player's not working anymore, Reed. Unfortunately, man. Go get but, the go get the working one out of Halsey's office. Real to real, buddy. Gotta get that out. The uh, speaking of uh, CIS Nationals, I, I do want to acknowledge the U of A Pandas basketball team who had a great season. Unfortunately, end today at the uh, women's basketball tournament in Fredericton, hosted by the University of New Brunswick. Quarterfinal action, the Pandas seeded number six against St. Mary's, who were number three, and St. Mary's wins it 53-52. Uh, the Pandas led by 11 at the half, and they got outscored 21-15 in the third and 16-10 to in the fourth. So a good year for the Pandas, but not a great season. Couldn't make it to the CIS semifinals. 8.22 inside sports on uh, 6.30. Ched, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, to get to the scoreboard here, 2-1 for the Bears. About seven minutes into their CIS quarterfinal against St. FX. That is hockey, of course. The Edmonton Oil Kings. Man, it's getting tense for them. Still down 2-1 to Red Deer halfway through the game at Rexall Place. They will play in Red Deer on Saturday. If they win both... They're uh, in the playoffs. If not, then it depends what uh, Medicine Hat does. There is the possibility of a one-game tiebreaker. In the NHL tonight, the Toronto Maple Leafs lose 4-1 to the Florida Panthers. Detroit beats Columbus 3-1. Two goals for Sidney Crosby. He's up to 31 on the year as the Penguins take down the Hurricanes 4-2. New Jersey lighting up Minnesota 7-4. The Lightning lead the Stars 3-2 after 2 Sharks and Coyotes, no score in the first. Predators, three. Islanders, two, with six minutes left. And the Rangers play the Kings. That one will start in about 15 minutes. Ron the Iceman says, uh, hey, Reed, great insight from Paul Reinhardt. I agree totally. Each player is unique and must treat each case differently. And, yes, a 19-year-old should be able to play in the AHL. Think how Nail Yakupov would have improved. And yes, the options for most players, depending on their birthdays, Leon Dreisaitl was an exception, but for most guys, in the year after you're drafted, you can't play in the AHL. You either play in the NHL or you go to junior. And Paul Reinhardt arguing that you should be uh, able to play in the AHL at any age because it's all about you developing as a pro. And he even cited his son uh, Griffin, who was drafted fourth overall by the Islanders, didn't make the Islanders, couldn't go to the AHL, came back to Edmonton and played for the Oil Kings. They did win a Memorial Cup, which was a great experience, but I think Paul was pretty much saying that it would have been better for Griffin to uh, have been playing pro hockey in the American League. So that debate continues. Uh, Kelly Rudy did not agree. Todd McClellan was on the show earlier. If you miss anything, you can go to 630ched.com slash podcasts and sign up for the Inside Sports Podcast, or you can just go on the Inside Sports page, and there's a whole bunch of uh, audio files there. Um, there aren't going to be any Canadian teams in the playoffs, barring a miracle. And Gary Bettman saying, I just want to get the exact quote here, Uh, Gary Bettman saying that he was hopeful that fans no north of the border would tune in regardless of there being no Canadian content. He says, as long as hockey is entertaining and exciting and competitive, we're hoping and expecting that fans will tune in and watch great hockey. Well, if you've been reading some of the stuff the last couple of weeks, the TV ratings uh, haven't been strong for Sportsnet, especially for many of their regional broadcasts. 
I don't know how not having any Canadian teams in the playoffs is going to help that, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, I don't I mean, look, we're Canadian, we're hockey fans, we're going to watch certainly the Stanley Cup final. Are you going to flock to the TV to see, uh, I don't know, Minnesota and Chicago or, or Nashville and L.A.? I mean, you'll probably watch it if you're not doing anything else. We, wouldn't, we know especially what it's like in this part of the world. The weather finally gets better. It's light out late. You can spend a lot more time outside. Is it going to be appointment viewing if your favorite team isn't playing? Well, clearly the Oilers won't be playing. Is it going to be appointment viewing if a Canadian team isn't playing? I would think it would be for less of you. I mean, you know, you can follow it on your phone. You can follow it on Twitter. If a game's closer, going to overtime, you can put it on. Are you going to make the effort to to make sure you're there to watch a game from the beginning of the game? If it's Tampa Bay, Boston, whoever, pick a possible matchup. Last year, five teams made the playoffs. Calgary, Montreal, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Vancouver. One year earlier, it was uh, only one, just the Montreal Canadiens. Tough time for Canadian NHL teams, no doubt about that. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Fun little story coming up. The home of the UFO landing pad, hoping to be named Hockeyville. We will go to St. Paul when we get back. You will also hear from Edmonton Oilers forward Patrick Maroon. Inside Sports on Chet. For breaking news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30, Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Oh, just as I go back to the webcast, St. FX with the uh, tying goal, so now 2-2 between X and the Golden Bears at CIS Hockey Nationals. It was 2-0 for the U of A after the first period. 8:34. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We got the Oilers game tomorrow night, 5:30 for the face-off show, 7 o'clock for the drop of the puck, and of course, Inside Sports is presented by AMA. Be listening tomorrow for your Alberta Motor Association's Oilers Hockey, AMA safety and savings for your family. This is always a, uh, a cool time of year because it's the uh, Kraft Hockeyville countdown and we always have a uh, deserving northern Alberta community in the mix. And uh, this year it is the lovely community of St. Paul and I'm pleased to uh, bring in the president of the St. Paul and District Minor Hockey Association, Bryce Balmer. Bryce, welcome to Inside Sports. You're on with Reed. How are you doing? Thank you. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing good. All right. Well, we appreciate you making time for us. And uh, so you guys are in the final 10. Is that the deal? We are in the top 10. Yeah, you bet. Okay. So what uh, what rank here, because this is, this is usually revolves around fixing up an existing rank, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's called the CAP Arena, uh, C-A-P Arena. So it stands for Community Arena Project. Um, yeah, and that's one of two uh, two arenas that we have in St. Paul. Okay, so is it this one specifically that needs all the work then? Yeah, yeah, this is the one. It was uh, it was built in 1983. Um, 
and uh, it, it's a busy rink and it gets a lot of wear and tear and it's the the fixes and the renovations required now have a little bit bigger of a of a price tag than than a coat of paint or or uh, or, or new flooring or something like that. So, what's wrong with the rink, Bryce? Uh, the roof. Um, part well, part of it is the roof. It's the insulation in the roof. Um, built in '83. I don't. Uh, I don't know what the, the specifications on on insulation was back then, but uh, it was probably the right insulation for that roof at the time. But given the weather changes and the, and the different environment that we have today, the it's just not sufficient, and it lets a lot of the uh, uh, the air out and and when the weather warms up it's it's tough to keep the cold air inside the rink to keep the to keep the ice frozen as well underneath the concrete underneath the ice um it wasn't insulated at all so the ice when the ice is is made and the ice sits there all season long that cold drives down into uh into the earth below it and it's not uh, kept up so uh it's a lot of a lot of work on our on our ice plant yeah, sounds like it. Okay, so have you guys tried to do the the Hockeyville thing before, or, or what's the history? I believe it, another group had um, tried to nominate uh, St. Paul before, not so much for the Caparina. I think it was to get an outdoor rink in our town. Um, so they put a nomination in, and um, they didn't make top 10 that year, but this year um, we did, and it's uh, it's been a wild ride since we found that out. Okay, so <laughs> wild ride. How, how so? That sounds great. Well, we I found out um, I wasn't watching Hockey Night in Canada Saturday, um, but a fellow board member was, and she texted me right away when it was announced. And um, I, I think it was only five or ten minutes after she told me I was getting calls from um, from down east from Craft Hockeyville. Uh, explaining what the next steps are and, and you got a very short period of time to campaign and uh, advertise and rally for for those votes uh, now that you're in top 10 so there's two days of voting and that was this past Sunday and Monday so in that uh, from that Saturday night to uh, the Sunday Monday voting days I mean you only have uh, you only have six days there to to really rally the community and every community around you and and reach out in social media to get as many votes as possible so it's uh, it's been fun it's been stressful but it's <laughs> been it's been good and it's been uh, amazing to see the the community support that that we have here in town and, and like across alberta really we had uh ryan smith uh tweet in support of us and and uh, mark Latestu with the oilers made a made a small video too so um you know seeing that kind of stuff and and those guys reaching out to us it's it's pretty humbling and it's it's pretty exciting too. Well, Latestu was a St. Paul Canadian in his junior B career because I I used to cover his games. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, all right, so the vote the voting's already done, so people can't vote right now. People, no. Okay, so when? Uh, sorry if I, I missed this. When, when are you? When are you going to find out if you're in the next stage? Second, uh, so it'll be the West game of Hockey Night in Canada, so the later game uh, during the first and second period, first intermission, right around, I would say, about 8.45, depending how that period goes. They'll do it live on Sportsnet. 
uh, George, and don't don't even try and get me to say his last name. Strombolopoulos. There you go. He'll. Uh, I'm guessing he'll do. He did the first announcement. I'm guessing he'll do the second. Um, yeah, and they'll announce the top two in which in which format. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, it'll be one from the west and one from the east. All right, and then you got and then you got to vote off from there. Well, this is. It sounds like you've had a, a blast doing this, and obviously, I, I, I hope it pays off with uh, with you guys being the uh, being the community. So we'll we'll check out what happens on Saturday, and obviously, the uh, the Cap Arena, as you called it, uh, really needs uh, some assistance. So I hope that works out for you. I promised I would ask. Oh, sorry, were you going to jump in there with something? No, nope, no. Nope. Okay, I promised I asked would ask you this when I said I was having somebody from St. Paul on. Is the UFO landing pad still a thing? Oh yeah, I drive by it every day, a few times a day. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. It's there. Okay, it hasn't been used <laughs> recently though. It's still no, waiting. I, I haven't witnessed anything. I mean, you probably, if you were to walk down Main Street, you'd probably get a few people that have saw saw a UFO once or twice, but not myself personally. No. Okay. I, I had to ask. I know that's off topic. Okay, so people can just search like I did. I'm not going to give the whole website address. They could just search Craft Hockeyville St. Paul to read more about uh, about your project, and obviously they'll check out the results on Saturday. And definitely if you're in the final two, we're going to be doing this again next week. Sound fair? Oh, God, I hope so because we, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, be, <laughs> we'll be this side of Canada. Hopefully uh, on our side, and and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. But no, I appreciate the call, and and if we do make top two, I'll probably call you right after I find out to get the ball rolling. So perfect, Bryce. Appreciate your time. All right, thanks, Reed. That is Bryce Ballmer checking in from St. Paul. He's the president of the St. Paul and District Minor Hockey Association. Man, I hope they are able to move on. That would be uh, really cool. Thanks for Bryce for making time for us tonight. As you can tell, he's he's pretty busy, but uh, I hope all that hard work pays off. We got some text here to 630-630. Dave in L.A. says, Reed, it's very apparent that bobblehead Bettman knows very little about the Canadian sports fan. Of course, Canadians will watch the playoffs as we always do, even though there are no Canuck teams in the postseason. How many NFL teams are there up here? And we all know how mad the average football fan is about their game. Give me a break, Bettman, you puppet. That is from Dave in L.A. Uh, another texter says, Hey, Reed, I'll probably make as much of an effort to watch all American teams in the playoffs as I would if Vancouver or Toronto was in the playoffs. Zero. I hope that Rogers of the NHL lose their shirts over that ridiculous agreement they made. TSN was a far superior product. That's from an unnamed texter. And Peter from Bonneville says, uh, Reed, I, I would not watch the playoffs if no Canadian teams are in it. To make it worse, the NFL refs are just getting worse game by game. After 35 years, I might just stop watching altogether. They really need to change to make it interesting again. I miss the energy and the love of the game. I would rather watch the local Pontiacs than an NHL game. LOL. Thanks. That is from Peter and Bonneville. All right. Uh, oh, and another texter simply wrote in, no Habs, no watch. So there you go. That person would only watch the uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, tell you what we're going to do. we got to take a quick timeout. We're going to get to uh, an interview I did today with Patrick Maroon, a guy who's made a nice little impact with the Oilers. That's up next. It's 843 Inside Sports on 630. Chad, oh my goodness, Putting hang on. Putting the band back together. St. FX just scored. St. FX just scored. Uh, so they now lead the Golden Bears 3-2 with about, I think, four minutes left. 
in the second period. Matthew, I'm sorry. I know you got to recue that commercial, but I just saw the goal, so I wanted to get it in. So now the Bears trailing at Nationals. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. Well, I don't like some of these scores. 3-1 for Red Deer, leading the Oil Kings after two, and the Golden Bears down 3-2 after two to St. FX. Obviously, if the Golden Bears lose, they are done for the season. We'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, Obviously, this show will end before the end of the game. Follow uh, CIS underscore hockey on Twitter if you're at home. Or just go to uh, C- just Google CIS TV, and you can follow the links and watch some actual video of the third period, as uh, the Bears got a rally to keep it going. Man, they were up two nothing. Horrible turnover by Dylan Bredo with just under two minutes left in the second period. Fanned on a pass from behind his own net, went right out front, and Saint FX able to finish. The Oilers are back in action tomorrow, taking on the Vancouver Canucks. Man, the power play. Deadly last night against the St. Louis Blues and Patrick Maroon, a part of that because of his net presence. That's my job is just to stand there and create space for my line mates. And, um, you know, there's, that's where you score all your goals in this league. So staying there gets opportunities to, you know, get the ugly ones or even just create traffic for the goalie for my teammates to get a goal. The assist last night to Nugent Hopkins. I mean, a lot of guys, when they get the puck in that situation, they're going to spin and try to jam it in, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, did you tell me, just talk to me about seeing Nuge there and setting that play up? Yeah, I mean, we uh, we talked about just focus on winning the draw first, and we did. And we talk, we talk about just applying shots and re- retrieving pucks. And <clears throat> I was just standing there. I knew Yak was going to shoot. So I sat there and hit me, and I saw Nuge coming down. And he was wide open, so I just gave him a little one-touch pass. You know, I say it's lucky that the puck just bounced and just stayed there. Uh, usually it goes wide, it hits off my pants. But, yeah, I saw Nuge, and we got a goal. Are you uh, a deflections guy at all, or do you think it'll be more rebounds for you when you're in that position? Well, if I like deflecting pucks, I mean, I try to get a stick on every shot I can. Uh, you know, I, I like any greasy goal I can get. <laughs> uh, I mean, of what point in your career did you sort of embrace that that greasiness? Uh, I mean, in the minors, obviously, you know, just being a goal scorer kind of in the minors and being a guy like that, and I would say probably, the, you know, just working on it and being an F-front guy in the power play and just keep working and working and working, and my coaches always told me that's where you're going to score your goals, and they were right, and, and I just started working, and that's where I've been scoring my goals in the front of the net. Is there a coach or a teammate in the minors that really meant a lot to you at that time and, and sort of gave you a push in the right direction? Yeah, Trey Yanni. Uh, he's an assistant in Anaheim. He's my coach. He gave me the right <clears throat> right state of mind and just taught me how to be a pro on and off the ice and, you know, lead by example. And, you know, told me, like, if you want to make it to the NHL, these are the things you have to do. And I listened, and sure enough, I was there. And, you know, I want to stay for a couple more years at least and, you know, strive. And, you know, he's been a really good uh, mentor to me, I guess you would call. And just 
just give me ins and outs and what I need to do, and you know, he's been really good help. You think it's a different mentality for players, even once you're established like you, for a guy who took your path as opposed to guys who were, you know, drafted high or were phenoms when they burst into the league? Is it is it a different experience and a different mindset that you carry with you through your whole career? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, I took a long path to get here. I had some ups and downs, and and Philly, and you know, I got traded to Anaheim, and. Organization. I mean, both organizations treated me with a lot of respect and took care of me. I can't knock them, but you know, Bob Murray and the Anaheim Ducks gave me an opportunity to live my dream to play in the NHL, and, and now I get to live in an Edmonton Oilers jersey. So I'm really excited about that. All right, and so many questions, and I know you weren't here for the whole power play slump because it was a long one, but there were so many questions about it. Just what worked last night, and what does it mean to to cash in so many goals after having that slump? We established shots. We got shots through. We had two guys in front. Rebound came out. We got the ugly goals last night. We just shot pox, shot pox, and that's what we've been talking about. Looking for sticks, shot tips, and all that good stuff. And you know, we did a lot of good things, a lot of movement. You know, we, the big thing is for that when we shoot pucks, is the most important is recovering, you know, retrieving pucks and getting them back and working hard to get them back and get them back up to the point and then shooting them again. I thought we did a really good job of that last night. All right, that is Patrick Maroon of your Edmonton Oilers as they get set to uh, uh, they get set to take on the uh, Vancouver Canucks tomorrow night at uh, Rexall Place. The Oilers with nine games left, three of them, three of them will be against Vancouver. Ryan Nugent Hopkins snapped an 18-game goalless drought last night. Uh, definitely, it, uh, I mean it's uh, you go through these stretches and it's uh, tough sometimes, but. Uh, it was nice to, to get the monkey off the back there, uh, so to speak, and um, third game back, so I'm starting to, to feel a little bit better. Uh, legs have felt pretty good so far, and uh, timing's starting to get back, so uh, it's nice uh, nice to get a couple. And Nugent Hopkins said the Oilers were able to outwork the Blues penalty killers last night. Well, I think, I mean, it's, we've been keen on it a lot lately, so um, we had some good opportunities last couple games, and uh, we were hungry for it uh, tonight, and um, I think we won a lot of battles out there on the power play. We took a lot of good shots, got pucks back, and um, in the end, I mean, we just bared down on our chances and, uh, and found a way to do it. All right, so that is Nugent Hopkins, and I know a lot of you happy to see him back in the lineup. He was 50% in the faceoff circle last night. He took 20 draws. 20 draws last night, so obviously able to win 10. All right, uh, we're widening her down tonight. Dead Rat Man tweeting me, at Reed Wilkins, any green craft beers after the great show tonight? Well, first of all, I appreciate the comment about the show. Uh, I do believe I will be abstaining from any uh, green or otherwise colored beverages this evening. It is a school night, Matthew Panacek. Yes, it is, Reed. Yes, it is. That doesn't stop the kids, though, I'm telling you. When I was younger, Reed, I used to go out and have drinks and have fun, and you should always go out and have fun, but make sure you do it responsibly. Don't be stupid out there tonight, all right? I don't want anybody being stupid out there. Drink responsibly. Have fun. Don't cause any trouble, and nobody out there. Well, look, you don't have to tell inside sports listeners not to be stupid because no stupid people listen to this show. You're right. I, I, I apologize. Our listeners are better than that. Well, you don't have to apologize. I'm just saying. I'm just saying sorry to the listeners, man. Uh, Dead Rat Man's one of my favorite tweeters, by the way. I should read more of his stuff. Uh, Tom says, I really don't understand why the draft age should be raised. More and more we are seeing teenagers come into the NHL and have a big impact. 
That is an interesting debate. Paul Reinhart was really good tonight, as was Kelly Rudy. We also had Todd McClellan, Bob Stoffer, Bryce Balmer on the show. You heard from Patrick Maroon as well. Here's what we're going to do. Oh, I better do the scoreboard one more time. Hang on. Uh, the Rangers and the Kings are now underway. Scoreless early. 3-3, Lightning and Stars. Eight minutes left. Coyotes lead the Sharks 1-0 after one. The Devils beat the Wild 7-4. Detroit wins 3-1 in Columbus. Pittsburgh wins 4-2 on home ice over Carolina. The Panthers lead the, or beat the Maple Leafs 4-1. Nashville doubling up over the New York Islanders 4-2. 3-2 St. FX leading the Golden Bears. They're in the second intermission. The other CIS hockey quarterfinal today in quadruple overtime. Saskatchewan beat Carlton 3-2 and uh, the Oil Kings trailing Red Deer 3-1 and that is after two periods. I will talk to you, well I'll be on Oilers now for a bit. That's on from noon to two tomorrow. Bob will have a preview of the game against the Canucks. 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7. We also have a broadcast on Sunday against Colorado. 6 for the face-off show. 7.30 for the start of the game. You just heard his voice, Matthew Panashik, the studio producer. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks to everybody who called and texted tonight. Always love talking to you. Take care. When you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style